0: Hello, and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Today, I'll be speaking and teaching on Sabbath rest, so stay tuned. back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Bronnick. Thank you for joining in to another episode of the podcast. Today, um, we are going to be digging into Sabbath rest every so often. I share a message or just um, a short teaching on a topic that's of interest of mind. Um, and this, this round, this time, we're going to go over Sabbath rest. Sabbath rest. So what is Sabbath rest? Well, one of the main texts we're going to look at is Matthew 1128 to 30. There's certainly a lot of texts around Sabbath going starting in Genesis into Exodus and then into the New Testament. So we're going to read here, "Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so across the year, we have many different seasons and rhythms of work and school, play and rest. Um, And every so often, actually every week, we are called to take a step back. It's really a pause moment to reflect and to remember. And so when we think of rest and we think of um, rest we think of it as um, happening on the weekend so it'll happen on our on Sundays and or if you work in a church then for most of us Sabbath rest is going to happen a different day maybe on a Saturday or a Monday um, and to honor the, um, the just the gift that we have in creation of rest and so what does that look like well it can look like silence and solitude it can look like hanging out and spending time in leisure. Um, and really, it's about abiding and spending time in the presence of the living God. So if you if you feel ever feel yourself, you know, antsy or in a hurry, Sabbath rest invites you to slow down. And really, it's a remedy for the, the anxious and hurried heart. So I, I personally kicked off this year with a time of prayer and fasting, and it was a way of entering into Sabbath rest. I turned off my phone and... Uh, turned it off for about 24 hours or so and, you know, just was spending time with the Lord, praying, um, did some fasting. And it might not look like all of that for you, but as as we dig in, I encourage you to, by the end uh, of, of this time today, I encourage you to take perhaps one step forward in Sabbath rest. So when we look at... Um, ministry of Jesus in Matthew and Luke 4, we we see how he entered into the wilderness to pray and fast for 40 days before he entered his public ministry. And so I truly believe that the practices and disciplines we engage with in private and in the moments of perhaps a greater isolation prepare us for our public witness and ministry wherever we are. So let's take a, a deeper look into Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. And so before we, before we fully get going, I know it's been a uh, quite a tumultuous time of ebbs and flows, and um, we, this is being recorded in February of 2022, and so for those who are tuning in in the United States and for the most part around the world, we have been unable to enter into a, maybe a rest that we were used to with the challenges of, of COVID and the, and the virus over the past few few years. Um, and we don't know. Some are saying it might be a, more of an endemic rather than a pandemic, which basically means it's the common COVID or um, common, just like the common cold. So I, I don't fully know and nor do a lot of leading experts. So, you know, where do we put our rest or how do we find rest in the midst of uncertainty? And I, I, I argue and I believe that God is, uh, has, has shown us that rest is something that is regardless of of the situation or the circumstance that we may find ourselves. In fact, there's an article from Forbes that I found, and it says that breaks or brief cessations to work, physical exertion, or emotional stress. So, taking breaks promotes mental health, boosts creativity, inc- increases productivity, promotes well being, reduces stress, improves mood, and strengthens relationships. So certainly, there's a lot of different benefits that um, that we can see through a Forbes art through this Forbes article, and you know is quite quite uh, quite popular and um, especially today. And well, certainly this is all true, but God's design for us is certainly something a little bit different. Um, it's funny, actually, I was looking at this article, and it's under the woman's media section, so from Forbes and. My hypothesis is that a lot of men may not be as interested in this subject. And I know if, uh, if you're like myself and many others, uh, we like to work and we like to continue producing. Um, and it is quite countercultural to enter into this and to, um, to obey and to submit to God's, God's plan uh, and order of rest. Um, for six days he created, when we look in Genesis, and on the seventh day he had ceased he had stopped, and he had rested, and he had called creation, called Sabbath, the holy day, good. And so, while while all these good things that rest provides, as when we look in secular media and secular articles, is certainly good, and, and it gives us kind of hints and glimpses into the benefits of something that that we quite know, um, I think it's focused on a little bit something different, and it's about God's presence. Um, and so for myself, I remember when I was looking at rest, I thought of it mainly as uh, the article suggested as a performance or a productivity hack. Um, and it, it does produce that, but it's really about our orientation and about how we start to bend our will um, to view it in light of what God's purpose and vision of it is. And it's ultimately to draw draw us back to himself. So we look in the context of Matthew, as I noted Um, it's, uh, one of the four gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It was written in, um, late fifties, early sixties. And this, um, this book is all about the prophesied kingdom of God and the peace and deliverance of both Jew and Gentile. And so isn't this, this message timeless? Uh, and we know of course that it, it is timeless, many many people today or many many critics will say that, oh, you know what the Bible is outdated or you know, we've advanced beyond the truths of of scripture and and when we look here, um, the message of rest and God's order of rest is is timeless, as are the teachings in, in, in God's word. And so we um, when we enter into rest, we can show others and bear witness to, Um, the work that God has done in us uh, and it's compelling and it points to points to to Jesus Christ. Other people are going to be skeptical or, you know, you can you can say your truth about about um, what you believe, but just don't bother me with that. Increasingly in in many, many, many parts of the United States, um, or if not yet, then we see some trends heading that way of post-Christian cultures, um, people who are not as uh, quick to adopt a biblical worldview um and so you know what that what that means is not that we're putting our elbows or you know getting our shoulders ready to kind of go go to go to a battle with these folks but actually to walk shoulder to shoulder with people and to show them and to point them back to Christ who is our ultimate our ultimate hope and our ultimate rest so we when we read here in Philippians um 10 to 10 to 11 it says so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father life death resurrection of Jesus is a historical event the earth shook and the rocks were split Matthew 27 51 and 53 describes these event events it says God's vision of rest is for us to take part delight abide and be in. It means that we don't only do it corporately, like I mentioned earlier on Sundays, but that our inner lives are growing in relationship with our creator. And so many of us are still, you know, okay, well, what is, you know, we, we read this this verse in Matthew, but don't fully know what that means. Come to me, all who are weary. Um, my hope is that as we dig in, um, we'll, we'll learn that the rest of God points us back to his kingdom By showing us, by showing humanity, by showing mankind that he is in control and his plans for rest are the great unifier. The hope of rest frees us from the bondages of sin sin and death. And so the first component of this is that it's an exercise in humility. It's a noble surrender. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So the first call is to come, and he will meet you there. Isn't that refreshing? This time, this is a release from the religious legalism of the Pharisees. Pharisees were Jewish, and they were um, all about um, all about the law and obeying the law. And this was, uh, we weren't supposed to do anything on Sabbath, and we, when we read a little bit into, into um, chapter 12, which I won't dig in t- uh, into today, but he, Jesus actually heals on the Sabbath. And he challenges them that Sabbath is not about the law, but about resting in the Son of Man, who is the Lord of Sabbath. So what this causes is an understanding that the way you view something might not be the way that God views it. And having the humility... To adjust course, when we look at the NIV translation, it says it uses the words weary and burdened in 20, verse 28, and then humble and lowly in 29. The NLT, another translation, says carry heavy burdens in verse 28, and then it uses humble again in verse 29. Uh, the, the earlier version I read was the ESV. So, you know, if we um, if we had if I had a whiteboard right now, or if you can just um, Imagine right now you're looking at a screen or a big. Uh, you're in, if you're in a classroom, you look at a classroom and you, you, you know, you write the word Sabbath and you just do a big circle around it. It's actually the it's one of the Ten Commandments. Exodus Exodus 28 it reads, "Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy." So there's something holy. There's a holiness of Sabbath, which means it's far bigger than us, far bigger than we can imagine. And so. If you're, uh, you know, if you think about the the ocean, here's this is a good analogy that I like to use and helps us get at least get into the mindset of perhaps what God is referring to, how it relates, how Sabbath, how we relate to Sabbath, in um, our understanding of it, and our and our appreciation and our reverence for God's holiness. Right when we look at, right now it's the winter for if you're in the, if you're in the one of the one of the northern states, um, and we have a lot of uh, frozen frozen ice, and so maybe not the best time to, to, uh, to think about this, but, you know, when we look in the summer, we can think about the, the ocean, or uh, if, you're, if you're near an ocean, you know, or maybe if you're going, going on a vacation, everyone has, uh, hope has, you know, at least seen an ocean, or maybe seen some videos of an ocean, um, and during the day, it's super, it can be super peaceful and very calm. And there is this this piece that is this you know these little waves are, ca- are crashing in and you know but it's it's manageable it's it's it, and it's actually quite nice. People on the beach are making sandcastles, having a good time, maybe having a little barbecue, um, and it's very pleasant. And we see the the beauty and the gift of the of, of the great ocean, the great water. But if you go in early in the morning or maybe late at night or another time when the waves are a little bit crashing heavier you can see the magnitude of uh, of those waves you can see how there's almost this element of wrath in in these waves and they're powerful and they show that you know a lot of times the lifeguards aren't even on duty because these currents are too strong cuz they know that the ocean water can bring life or death and so all that to say how we view Sabbath is a is a choice of how we view the abundant abundant life that Jesus offers, or if we look on, look the other way and abuse the grace that God has given us, then there is um, there is a punishment as well. I love what Abraham Heschel, who's a Jewish writer, notes about the Sabbath. He says, Six days a week we wrestle with the world, ringing profit from the earth, but on the Sabbath we especially care for the seed of eternity planted in the soul." The world has our hands, but our soul belongs to someone else. Six days a week, we seek to dominate the world. On the seventh day, we try to dominate the self. Self. So what he's getting at is that we're not God. All have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. And so we first must adjust our perspective to have humility um, and to see that we're not the owners but are the people who God has uniquely called and purpose to worship and give our lives to the King of Kings. So humility or acknowledging, as I said earlier, I briefly mentioned on humble um, in, in the translation of who Jesus is. So that is who we look to. We look to, we know that it's all pointing back to Jesus. And we see humility in a person. He's gentle and lowly. So the very person and character of Christ is one who is humble. He is humble in that he came in the form of a person to save us from our sin. is humble in that he took himself on the cross. He is humble in that he spent time with the least of these, the outcast, the forgotten. He is humble in that when he was tempted to have all the kingdoms of the world by Satan on the mountain, and if he bows to him, he said, Worship the Lord, your God, and serve only him in Matthew 4, 1 to 11. His humility is no match for our humility, and we certainly cannot attain it on this side of heaven um, until we full, see the fullness of uh, of who He is and our glorified state in heaven. And so, if you're if you're um, if you're not driving right now, or if you're in a place where you can pause the recording and close your eyes, I encourage you just now just to take a moment of silence. I'm reading this book, and there's a book by by Whitney on the spiritual disciplines for the Christian life, and it talks about silence and solitude as a form of rest. He advocates for these minute pause moments where any time of the day, you take in the glory and holiness and awe of God. So I encourage you, as rest can be a spiritual discipline for many of us, it can be challenging to enter, but I encourage you to take a step into that today and to, if you can, pause your recording And just take a moment of silence just to listen um, and to pray and just to, to be still. As you come back, we look into what else Sabbath rest is, and it's an exercise in unity. So with our foundation of Sabbath rest... We're able to see the value and benefit of it and it can attest to the goodness of this gift. Resting in God is also a great unifier. It breaks down all ethnic, social, cultural barriers and puts us at the same table, or rather, at the same standing. And also, our identity is no longer wrapped in our performance or our desire to please. And so the best example of this is actually looking at Mary and how she sat at the feet of Jesus, her son. How can she be so deeply humble, knowing that um, her son, Jesus, is the son of God, but also so deeply unified? And so many of us struggle with um, performance um, or have trouble believing that God has given us a new identity for those who were who are born and adopted by spirit. Um, in contrast to Mary, some of us are like Martha, finding themselves desire, desiring to please and are not fully able to rest in God's presence. And so I read here, Luke 10, 38 to 42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. What is happening is that Martha is so worried about serving and helping and that she's missing the point. Jesus is saying very, very clearly, stop. That will not, never in fact, bring you full rest, but I will. Remember, his call he says come come all who labor and are heavy laden he invites us to to abide in him and so when i think about um i think about unity it's something that we're all able to experience we're all able to to let down um and not have to perform we're not we're able to let down and not have to to work um or to ring profit as it says as we read a a bit earlier um on the last point, there was a time in New England where I'm where I'm tuning in from, or there was Puritan laws where on Sunday they were observed for people to bear witness to, to this, uh, to this rest. Many uh, all shops were closed on Sundays because man is not able to cease, and that's a great temptation we have. Um, many of these laws have been removed, um, but some businesses still abide or hold to God's ordained structure. Um, in creation and hold to a rest and so chick-fil-a for example holds to this (laughs) many of us are familiar with chick-fil-a and funny enough chick-fil-a has only has made it up to new england recently probably within the last uh last you know handful of years here but it is still very new and um there's a lot of excitement but you'd think in the restaurant food service industry that them being closed on I'd argue one of the biggest days of the week on Sunday is it, it would be, make no sense. Any business expert would say, No, you're in the restaurant food service industry. People are more likely to, to, to purchase or to, to get food out, go out on the weekends, right? When, when a lot of folks aren't working. But as you can see, throughout the week, every six days a week, they are slammed. Oh my goodness. I've looked at several locations um, in Massachusetts and there is, line, there is the double drive-through line. It is jam-packed every single time. And so, yes, there is something that is special about this Sabbath rest. It's divinely ordained structure that cannot and should not be broken. And so, really, what, what this unified vision looks like is that you know, every nation, every tribe, every tongue can experience that rest. So when we we follow this way of life and embrace its power, we are unified with the Father, Son, and Spirit, just as they, three persons, one God, are unified together. As we continue, the, the third point, or the main big point, is that it's a promised peace. It's an exercise in freedom. Sabbath rest calls for humility. Was the first point. Creates unity. Second point, and brings freedom. The third point. Um, Augustine, or Augustine, an early church father, puts it this way: the eschaton is the peace of quietness, the peace of Sabbath, a peace with no ending. And so there is this um, this peace that we're able to experience now because Sabbath is something now, but also. Is something in the future, so there's a continuation of rest from this side of heaven to the other, and there's um, but there's also something completely new which we'll not really be able to undersee, uh, be able to see. So freedom is a place that we can experience now and prepares us for what is yet to come. Freedom acknowledges that there will always be powers and structures at work, but that they don't truly have the, the the inner power over you. In other words. Freedom comes from the work that Christ has done and we now live in. Yet there's a resistance to rest because we are not familiar with it. Today, um, earlier I mentioned that there are some ways that we can um, practically engage or engage in some disciplines. One of them I mentioned was I turned off my phone for 24 hours. As in, um, is a way to, to help me engage in deeper rest. So there's, a, there's an increasing attachment to our phones, social media, and technology. There's actually a lot of books and research coming out now on the impact that's having on our souls, both secular and sacred writings. I'm reading one called Irresistible, um, and there's many others as well that show how companies are, study the human mind, create games and apps so that they can become addictive. And so perhaps some of you are familiar with this and others are not. This is a new thing. Yeah, there's, you know, there are... There is there is forces at work against uh, rest that want it want us to be addicted to other patterns of the world, and unfortunately we're unable to attach ourselves. Tim Keller has a has a sermon on this subject and notes four trends with um, with work uh, and the problem that we have with our work. Right, so on the flip side of Sabbath is work. And I think you have to understand right, proper work in order to understand Sabbath. Um, So we have, as I mentioned earlier, there's this inner critic telling us that there's this identity or this worth based on it. I said performance and that we have to have the satisfaction of a successful work in order for our lives to be meaningful. And that's just not true. Uh, Keller notes that the top percentage of executives are paid a hundred times more Um, in the past and thus have a a pressure to work harder and longer to fulfill that expectation they're getting paid far more but since you're getting paid far more there's an expectation to work to work a lot more you know no longer the 40 45 hours but 60 70 80 hours Um, but the other problem is that not only are they not able to rest but the people at the, um, who are work service jobs or minimum wage jobs are, are, are unable to fulfill the basic demands and needs um, of their lives and are, are forced to work multiple jobs and thus are in the same position, working hard 60, 70, 80 hours a week um, to make ends meet. And so we're, we find ourselves in the same position. We've been... Um, conditioned in a way as well that our smartphones are attached to us and we have this pressure to continue to work (laughs) and so it's simply unfamiliar for us more and more so and we're finding ourselves in in unhealthy rhythms i would argue that our main challenge is not the legalism of the pharisees of uh, of of um taking sabbath too seriously um but we actually don't know what sabbath is now we've blurred the lines and have no concept of sabbath rest in our lives and one one of you might be thinking okay well you know let's just have more vacation days Um, the only challenge is that we can have more vacation days but not fully rest how many of you go on vacation or go away for a trip and are so exhausted moving from place to place or going going somewhere that you come back and you need a vacation from your vacation. I know that's happened to me on multiple multiple occasions. And sure, um, vacation is good, but if our inner disposition is bent away from Christ's heart, then we simply miss it. And so that in the here and now, the invitation is in front of you, at your fingertips. Sabbath rest says, yes, I'm able to resist this pressure Enforce and am able to trust that God is Lord over the Sabbath. He is the one who determines what course to follow. So there is freedom. We do not have to be uh, slaves to the patterns and the ways of the world, but we are set free in Jesus' name. The invitation of rest is an eternal one. What the message is reading is that the rest we can experience today is the rest that our hearts desire for eternity. So the modern narrative of secularization says that you work and then you die and that's all, folks. Cue the Bugs Bunny. And um, what separates the Christian message in a nutshell is that Christ lived, died, rose, and sits at the right hand with the Father. So it's only through Jesus that we can put our trust and our rest it is the weight of the work that he did where we have our present and future hope. And so the hope of glory is one where every tear is wiped away, all justice and righteousness is restored, as we see in Revelation 21. Picture of the afterlife is very hopeful. It's great promise. And so as we start to close in this in this time, if you've been still tuning in, to think about the heavenly side of rest to think about the times or the moments that you've had in your life where you've been at at great peace at great rest, at great unity at great great communion with the living God think about one of those times now and then think about how much more beautiful and how much more often that's going to be in heaven wouldn't you want that? and so as as we wrap up i encourage us to hold on to that hope that there is a there is a future promise where that full rest can be experienced but i also hope and i pray that this may be experienced today this can be part of your lived reality right now there must be a great humility spirit of humility to enter into this posture um, and also an acknowledgement that this is a great unifier as well when we see rest in others. Um, we're given a glimpse into the great unity um, of what of what Jesus provides. And so, the practical take homes I would encourage you to to try maybe a few of these: unplug your phone for a full day, wait to read the news or look at technology for the first hour of your day, plan out the Sabbath rest. So you know on a Saturday or Sunday or whatever day you have off. And are going to be going to be resting. Um, we see kind of you know the, makes sense to to organize it around new creation, resurrection Sunday. Pray throughout your day. Set aside times of prayer. May even just put it you know put blocks of blocks of time down. Just two minutes or that one minute that we did earlier. Also steward your time well and resist procrastinating. When we work well and we work in excellence which we didn't dig into too much today, we are honoring rest and knowing that I we have all and we get everything done and so there is no more need to work, um, but that we can abide in rest. And then our, the other encouragement is just to gather with some other people, um, perhaps to, to be missional, invite other friends who are not believers, who are not um, following the way of Jesus to to think and ponder about rest. What is what does rest look like in your life? Perhaps it'll open up a spiritual conversation. And so I trust and I hope that this 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 teaching and that this message on rest, on Sabbath rest, is just a, a nugget or perhaps an entrance into the greater narrative of rest as we see th- as we see in the scriptures. Um, and ultimately points back to um, toward Christianity, toward the gospel message as the full, uh, the full breath and the full meaning and weight of rest that is so, so good, beautiful, and holy. Well, thank you for tuning in and I will see you next time.